And welcome to another episode of Text Help Talks podcast. The podcast where, of course, we've got a host of experts covering a range of topics from education right through into the workplace. So do make sure you subscribe to your preferred podcast player or streaming service so you never miss an episode. And of course, do feel free to join the conversation using the, the hashtag Text Help Talks on Twitter. We'd love to hear your feedback on this episode and any questions for our guests or indeed the wider Text Help team. But most importantly, don't forget to subscribe and never miss a beat of Text Help Talks. And we've got a very exciting topic today where we're going to be looking at technology for learning. And we're going to be taking a CEO's perspective on that. And I'm very excited uh, to introduce my guest in just a few seconds from now. I'm Patrick McGrath, Head of Education Strategy here at TextHelp, the host of your podcast today. And for the next 30 or 40 minutes, I'll be joined by a very special guest, Philip Hedger from Leo Academy Trust. Philip has been the CEO of the Leo Academy Trust since its formation in June 2015. Prior to that, he had been head teacher at Team Park Farm Junior Academy for six years. Philip was also the executive head teacher at Team Common Junior Academy from 2016 to 2018. And Philip actually begun his career in education as a teaching assistant at Avenue Primary School in Belmont in 2000. Philip has also been a leading teacher for ICT for Sutton Local Authority, is now a Google Certified Trainer. He's a senior partner in the National School Improvement Network Challenge Partners and is a member of the editorial board at the London Grid for Learning. And finally, and last but not least, Philip, you're a trustee at the Sutton United Youth and Community Foundation Trust. Wow. Now, welcome, Philip, to our podcast today. That was quite a CV, I think I just read through there. So you're very welcome. Good of you to join us. Thank you, Patrick. It's great to be here. Um, and I think just reading through that, um, who would have thought, would you have thought uh, in 2000 when you were teaching assistant at Avenue Primary School that we'd be sitting here talking 21 leaders and you'd be uh, CEO of a multi-academy trust or was that always the plan? Absolutely not. And I think um, the plan was definitely to um, um, sort of progress through different roles in education. I was definitely keen at that stage to become a class teacher, which I uh, realize that ambition and then I suppose as a class teacher you then want to try and have an impact on more on more children so I became a year leader went on to become IT leader did some work as you said with London Borough of Sutton as a lead teacher for IT uh, before having the privilege to go on to lead my own school and I think that what really attracted me to to develop a, a multi-academy trust and now to lead one as CEO is is that bit where you can have a wider influence. You can you can have an influence on more children, first of all, beyond your own class, then beyond your own school, and now indeed beyond our own trust. And it's you know it's great to be here today to share our experiences um, and our use of edtech. And what I've got one other one other point just on your CV there, and I think it's a quite a rare one. Uh, and, and I've known this because um, we've known each other for a little while, but. Google Certified Trainer, you must be the only uh, trust CEO that is a Google Certified Trainer. Does that, is that what, what motivated you to, to take that on board? Yeah, I, we had, I think the pandemic gave me the time to do it. Um, but mm -hmm. we, as you know, have been using um, Google for Education uh, now for the last few years. And I was really keen to be involved in a lot of the training, which I've been doing alongside our um, Director of Technology for Learning, Graham McCauley. And I wanted to take up um, the different um, Google um, or the different levels of certification. Yeah. And then um, I was encouraged to become a trainer to really go out and work alongside our senior leadership teams, other trust leaders to get them up to speed with Google's tools and apps, but also to get them to think about how they could use those for, for school leadership and also 
for reducing staff workload and really to get to grips with how they could develop a school improvement plan, trust level plans using um, EdTech at, at the heart of it. I think that that must um, uh, all credit to you. That must deliver a real sense of connectedness because you're you're aware of everything from products through to good practice through to implementation, and then obviously to be able to see how that feeds into uh, the vision. And I just I thought um, just wanted to give our listeners today kind of a quick overview as to what we want to go through today, the points we want to discuss while we have you here on the podcast. I'm very pleased to, to have your time. But the Leo Academy Trust, of course, it's a real beacon within trust, over 400 staff and 3,500 students uh, across the London borough of Sutton. And since 2015, I'm, I can see and have seen very clearly that you've been demonstrating best practice when it comes to technology for learning. In fact, this year, if I'm right, Philip, you have been shortlisted amongst many other things for the uh, Test Schools Award in the Best Use of Technology category. And of course, um, that uh, judging is going to go out just, a, just uh, after we record this podcast. So all the very best with that. The team uh, certainly deserve a lot of credit for being shortlisted uh, and I uh, hope they go on to win. But, but for the podcast today, I want to look specifically at the, your senior leadership team and your senior leadership team within the trust and try and understand how they make sure that technology fits within the general mission and values and aims. So what we want to do today is delve into a CEO's perspective, such as yourself, Philip, try and understand the role of leadership and helping to unlock the potential and improve the outcomes for both the students, and sometimes we forget to talk about what we're unlocking for the potential of the staff. So we want to put that front and centre today. Uh, so we'll be having a look at your perspective, and we'll be thinking about that across a multi-academy trust. So obviously, Philip, uh, Leo Academy Trust was first formed in June 2015, as we heard from earlier. Uh, I'm quite sure that there was a significant roadmap up to that point of June 2015. So what was your original vision uh, or shared goals when it came to uh, forming the uh, Leo Academy Trust back in 2015? Yeah, thanks, Patrick. So Leo Academy Trust grew from the school where I was head teacher at Cheam Park Farm. And at the time, we had a fantastic school with really dedicated staff. We were achieving some great things for our children. And we just felt we had a lot more to give. Um, we had a we had a big senior leadership team with lots of capacity to go out and help other schools. We were providing some wonderful opportunities for our own children, and we felt that we had lots of great ideas to share with other local schools. So what we aimed to set out to do was to develop a family of schools where collaboration would make a real difference for children, staff and communities. And by working as a trust, our vision was one where staff would support each other to develop truly great learning communities we wanted to enable excellence for all and provide a wide range of opportunities for children and staff alike. And that's what we've done over the last six years, really. We've been striving to make our schools as inclusive as possible. We're really passionate about ensuring that our children receive an equitable education. And I think that's that's part of the key, really. It's trying to get that equity that mm -hmm. it, whatever we're doing, we want other schools to benefit from that. And we also want to learn from the best schools in the system so that our children can get that same, those same opportunities that, that are happening elsewhere. Yeah. And you're, of course, the, the three words that I guess you would talk about with regards to uh, the trust, learning, excellence and opportunity. But how are those embodied in the trust today? How do you ensure that, because you've obviously scaled from those days in 2015, a single school, now got multiple schools uh, or academies in the trust. 
So how do you ensure that those are, are embodied throughout that process? Yeah, I think that first and foremost, we take everything that we do back to the learning in the classroom. So every decision that we're making, whether it's at a trust board level, with a local governing board, as senior leaders, as staff teams, we're thinking, how is that going to impact on the learning in the classroom? How is it going to help us to get better outcomes for the children we serve? And when we're thinking about the children, we're thinking about all children. And that's where the excellence comes in, that we don't just want excellence for certain groups of of children or certain groups of staff. We genuinely want excellence for all. We want to develop that inclusive practice. And we've got our own inclusion and well-being hub, which leads that which leads that best practice across the hub. Um, And finally, around opportunities, I think this is at the heart of everything we do, is looking to think about how can we uh, really release that potential in our staff quicker by providing them with more opportunities for training, more opportunities for CPD. How can we provide more opportunities for children so that they can really have every chance to succeed both in the next stage of their education and also for all of the challenges of life uh, which lie ahead of them? Okay, and if you think about those three areas and and how you've expanded those out and kind of maintained and built on those throughout the years, what what key challenges would you have faced in doing that? Is it is it is it getting the right staff? Is it instilling the right ethos? Is it variables that are outside of your control, the home environment and demographic your pupils are coming from? I mean, what what are the challenges there in maintaining sort of that those high standards that you're aspiring and achieving to across the trust? Yeah. Certainly, I think that first and foremost, you need to have really high quality staff. And um, what we always seek to do is is to, as I said, find that potential in staff, make sure everybody is in the right place and really look to invest time and effort into staff so that they are able to best support the children. And that's not just our teaching staff. That's also all of the support staff that go around the trust. It's it's our site managers. It's our finance teams. It's our HR staff. It's everybody. So that there is this one big team effort. And it's about holding each other to account for that. We've got high expectations of our children and we've got high expectations of each other so that every day we come um, to Leo, you know, we're really there trying to um, take things always back to that vision of how are we going to build these great learning communities and how are we going to continue to strive so that every single child in our trust gets the very best, which is, you know, the least that they deserve. And it is about creating, I think, a culture where people are willing to go that extra mile. So mm-hmm. to deliver, so to really deliver a wide range of opportunities, whether that's in sport, whether that's in music, whether that's in improving the quality of math teaching, whether it's in the use of ed tech, you need staff that are willing to go the extra mile to often just tweak and build upon their current practice to to change small things to keep moving forwards and i think what we think is special about us is that we that we're always trying to push the boundaries of what's possible we we genuinely don't want to stand still we're always looking around the corner to see what what else might be coming up um, for children and staff alike and um, it's that sort of relentless sort of drive for excellence it's that willingness to learn it's that openness that that willingness to go to other trusts, to other schools, both in the UK and we've also looked globally beyond as well as we've developed our digital strategy, for example. Learn from the best in the system, um, to stay humble in what you're doing and to, to keep moving forwards. 
You've almost got me signed up as a member of staff with that last answer there, Philip, for sure. But it's just for, sort of from an outsider looking in, if I can maybe just just comment on on what I I would see in the trust. I do see, and you've you've articulated it so well there. I do see a real inclusive working environment, and by that I mean that when we've come in to help to deliver and support your staff, it hasn't just been the teaching staff there. There have been many facets of staff there. And I find that common vision that you have and you share it with the wider team. And in fact, I think you've referred to it as a family there. And I really feel that from from Leo, that it is genuinely family. And, And if I could make a second observation, there's a word we always use in text help about how we try and encourage our staff. And that's we try and empower our staff. And I think, what you almost said there earlier was that you encourage staff to take that initiative to push the boundaries a bit further. But the only way I guess you can do that is to empower staff to, to make those decisions as long as it's underpinned by teaching and learning. Um, so I hope you take those two as comments because that's, that's um, from my perspective, those are, those are two areas that, that, that I see. You did mention uh, technology there. And uh, when we've been talking previously, I know you've kind of throughout your career, uh, you've been, uh, I guess, I don't know if you consider yourself an early adopter, but certainly you've seen the opportunities with technology and how they can fit and support teaching and learning. How does EdTech within the trust fit into the mission and values that you talked about earlier? So how does EdTech support those areas that you you, you so well explained earlier for the trust? Yeah, I think EdTech really is underpinning all three strands of our of our vision now um, edtech is is central to learning in the classroom it is changing the way that children learn and the way that teachers teach um, it is developing more creative practices to certain tasks and and very much sits at the heart of each classroom but also our our extended almost online school now where children are learning at home staff working from home in terms of excellence for all, um, EdTech, again, is featuring very highly. We're, we're really developing our use of assistive technology now to support learners with, with special needs um, in particular to, to be able to access all areas of the curriculum and become more independent in terms of the learning. And EdTech is also opening doors, I think, in terms of wider opportunities um, for staff and children. It's, it's bringing experts into their classroom that that wouldn't have been there before in terms of utilizing um, video conferencing technology. It's helping connect staff more and it's helping deepen CPD and practices by again linking staff up um, quite seamlessly, whether that's with planning, whether that is actually with remotely watching a lesson, or it may also be um, with bringing in expertise in terms of CPD or training. Mm-hmm. And, and thinking about uh obviously we've had our our periods we promised we wouldn't talk about it but we've had our periods of remote learning over the last while i think that's no secret to to the world um but within that would you would be fair to say that edtech adoption has that accelerated your original planning around it has it simply sustained it um will it see an acceleration next academic year like where, where will edtech and technology in general fit going forward will it just go faster than it otherwise may have been yeah there's no doubt that the the pandemic um has accelerated our use of technology so we've had a digital strategy which goes back to 2018 and part of that strategy was um 
at the heart of it had the vision that we would go to a one-to-one devices provision for for key stage two children and we started off by training up staff and building up their confidence during the academic year 2018-19 and then once the staff were confident with the technology the plan was to roll that out on a year group by year group basis over a four-year period so we started with our year four children and then moved on to our year five children, all having a one-to-one uh, Chromebook device. Then the pandemic hit and we realised uh, instantly that while the year four children and some of the year five children were, were going to be really equipped to access remote learning, other year groups didn't have devices. So the pandemic has has um, accelerated our, our rollout. We've now got all Key Stage 2 children in all schools in the Trust with their own one-to-one Chromebook, which they use at home and they use at school. It's their device they bring in each day. And we've also gone uh, to one-to-one devices um, across the school in year one and year two as well, with the difference being that these devices um, stay at home. So we've probably achieved in, term, in terms of device rollout um, our sort of five, six-year plan over the course of two or three years. Mm-hmm. And th- thinking about that uh, in regards to how you may do it differently or the same as other trusts, and, and we're not going to comment on, on anything specific here, but I'm thinking about scale. So I'm thinking about a technology tool and uh, it's selected by you or the team, uh, Philip. And you, So it fits in with the vision of the trust. Okay, so that's a plus. It can have consolidated training, so all staff and all stakeholders around can fit into that training plan. Why is that single decision uh, across all your schools um, vital to its success versus, say, an individual school within your trust deciding to make a technology decision on their own? Why do you think it's important to have it consolidated? I think it comes back to the support that's available. Um, we we sort of have I've got a policy really that we all move together on something that we will all learn it at the same time and that that and that the support that's available at the center and the support that's available in each school therefore can go further so if we decide to adopt a particular tool um, it's something that everybody's using at the same time and staff are, are quite often interchanging between schools um, mm-hmm. to teach certain lessons that expertise is going across we also plan together um across multiple schools and therefore if you're planning to use a certain tool or a certain app it's important that all children have got it and as i said earlier on in the podcast that equity is really important for us and if we think it's good enough for children at one school to have we want everybody to have that same opportunity to use something and i I suppose philip that that, is it fair to say that that is a key consideration then as you uh, you know look to potentially expand the trust going forward and you may welcome other schools in in due course so i guess when those schools come in obviously they'll need to share in the same uh, in the same vision of the trust uh, and the same sort of family and staff environment but i'm assuming that equity of access you want to transfer that straight away to new schools coming in so if a technology piece is is selected and it's already rolling with three and a half thousand students and you welcome another 400 students in next year the year after I assume part of the planning is always to ensure that they have the same equity of access. And I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I'm asking more, is that the case? That's absolutely the case. So so um, just last week, actually, our trust board, we're looking at our growth plan for the next two to three years. And 
part of that was our use of technology and how we would onboard new schools in mm-hmm. terms of their use of technology. And we've just actually started working with a, with a seventh school at the moment, and we'll be supporting them over the next 12 months. And one of the ways we're going to do that is to provide all of their children with their own device from September so that when our wow. staff are out working with that school and their, and their, their staff are working with our existing staff, again, they've got that equity of access. They're talking about the same same sort of things. They've got access to the same CPD and their children have got access to, again, exactly the same tools, devices as, as we currently have because they're so integral now to the way we teach and the way that the children learn that that it would be really hard for us to go and support um, a school that may, you know, may, may be wanting to join us in the long term if they yeah. weren't able to have that same uh, device provision. Clear to me, just listening to you, how important that consistency on all aspects, teaching, learning, ed tech across a trust really, really is. It's not <clears throat> it's not a collection of individual schools with individual aims and goals, whilst they have, a, of course, individual focus and focus on students and development priorities. There still has to be that that common common goal and aim and consistency and equity of access. And I'm going to ask you sort of to see, I'm wondering if you can give me a one-word answer on this, and this is going to be a hard one, I think, because there's so many factors on this, but the, the trust, Leo, in general, has been held as a real flag bearer for good practice. You've been, for those of, for those of you listening who don't know, you can literally watch uh, Leo and one of the contributor schools on uh, Google events. Uh, Google came in and featured you from good practice. Uh, London Grid for Learning, I know, focus on your good practice. Lots of good practice pieces. What do you, could you give me a single word that you would attribute that success to? You're held up as this champion trust. Well, like, would you put it down to staff? Would you put it down? Where would you put it? I think in one word, I would say passion. And I think our staff are are passionate about continual improvement. They're they're definitely passionate about teaching and learning. Mm -hmm. They're passionate about wanting to get better in terms of their practice and one of the ways we think that we can really uh, enhance and develop teaching and learning is through the use of ed tech. And over the last two or three years, we've become really passionate about that as well. Brilliant. That's, that's, that is probably, Philip, the perfect answer for me on that. Um, <laughs> and it sums up certainly what my experience in the team here at Textile has experienced um, with the trust. And all credit to you and the management team for that. Thank you. And, and think, thinking about the management team and thinking about you in particular, I'm interested in this next question. And when it comes to technology, how much of a role do you as CEO play in technology decisions? Or do you pass it down to your team or is it a case of going, uh, will that piece of technology improve outcomes and how? Will it improve equity of access? Uh, will it improve our special education needs provision? Do you look at the technology on a vision and a school improvement or a trust improvement level and you leave the technology decisions to the rest of your team? How, how does that dynamic work with you as a CEO? I think that the two things you've just described very much go hand in hand because we see technology as a key driver to both school improvement and trust improvement. And we've got that strategic vision for how we want technology to improve the quality of teaching, but also to improve the ways that we work across the trust. So therefore, I think a lot of the 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 technology decisions are are made at a strategic level. I will often speak with the team that 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 leads on technology. We'll often um, discuss different different ideas. I might often challenge them to 
say, well, can you go and run a pilot on that? Can you come back to me with some evidence of, of how that works? Have you seen it being um, used elsewhere in any other way? Is there any research behind what you're, what you're asking us to roll out? Um, and as I said, we often want to roll things out at scale, but we often will do small pilots first. So we might right. just try it in one school, see, see how it works with an early adopter, and then use the capacity of that school and their experience with a certain tool or a certain app to then, to then roll it out across the trust as a whole. I got you. And and thinking about uh, uh, how you've, I suppose, worked with us, we've been very fortunate. The wider sort of text help team has worked with a lot of different members uh, of your team over the past sort of year and a half, well, two years, I suppose now. And we've really, we've really enjoyed that. What, how important is it for you as a CEO to have that kind of relationship with a, with a vendor? I mean, let's not forget, we are a commercial organization at Textile, but we are there to help and support and give you what you need. But is is that relationship important in general with, with, with other companies that you work with? Is that an important consideration? Yeah, I think that partnerships is, is really important to us as a trust. Uh, we are very outward facing. We're constantly out looking for new ideas, looking to work in partnership with schools, with trusts, but also with with the wider educational sector and the wider ed tech family, and the sort of um, the sort of groups we partner with, such as Tech Help, but there are others um, such as Adobe, Google for Education, LGFL, all spring to mind. Where you're working with colleagues who are passionate about teaching and learning. You're not trying to to sell a particular product, um, although. That might be the, you know, that might be the end goal. Um, yeah. But it's very much about this continual sense of improvement, wanting to learn, wanting to understand actually what's that going to look like in the classroom. It's not about making a quick, a quick buck here and there. It is a very much about yeah. how is what I'm doing going to going to drive teaching and learning, and and that's who we work best with, and they're the they're they're the different company schools that we're attracted to to working in partnership with. Yeah, and you know, really pleased to hear you talk about the word partnership because that's how I would certainly describe our relationship with uh, with the trust over the last while, and that's how I hope selfishly uh, a lot of other trusts um, and schools would see us as partners with them and learning. It's very much <clears throat> ed tech is not a thing, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, Phil. But it's not a thing you can get in for three months, and it's a it's it's not a band-aid fix. It's a long-term commitment, and it is a relationship there, and. We've got to see usage and we've got to see impact and we've got to see outcomes. We've all got to see change in that to make it worth all of our while, I guess. Um, and I'm I'm thinking that maybe a little bit wider. If if you had if you were in a room uh, of other uh, CEOs, and I'm sure you work with many of the other the other trusts around the country, but if you were to give advice in and around uh, how they could or should or could keep technology as part of their vision going forward like what what would that be like what is it important to keep technology as part of the vision um and if so how do you sustain it what would your advice be to others yeah so we would certainly uh, recommend keeping technology at the heart of any um trust-wide strategy that you're creating i think it can can help to solve and can help to provide some of the answers to the big problems that we're all facing today. If you look at staff workload and well-being, uh, certainly EdTech has got plenty of solutions in terms of connecting different groups of staff together to to work jointly on planning, uh, working live with maybe a split screen with a video call on, on one side and the planning sheet on the other. 
a lot of multi-academy trusts are also spread geographically. And I think what we've learned during the pandemic is that we can all work online quickly. So that need to dash out of the door to get to another school half an hour away for a staff meeting after school, that's probably gone now. And actually, EdTech can give us a blended way of working, can, in, can introduce hybrid staff meetings to, to solve those problems. Financially and from a budget point of view, technology can often be seen as, as a drain on budgets and budgets can often be seen as a barrier. But if you start to think differently about your infrastructure, you can actually save money. So we've managed to put a device into the hand of every child by thinking differently about, well, do we need interactive whiteboards? Um, screwed to the wall anymore do we actually need the software that that would power them or, or or are there other things that are available freely to do to do the same thing um, if we move to the cloud rather than having servers in our schools what are the benefits of that in terms of learning but also what might the benefits of that be in terms of finance so so they're two key ways and whether we like it or not i think that the way children will be learning in the future and the sort of careers that they're going to go into are very much going to need those digital skills. And, and we host as, as a core skill now within the curriculum. And I think that we are, you know, really preparing our, our children well for those challenges of life by giving them access to technology in the classroom and at home. You, you know, it was interesting just at, at the start uh, of your answer there, I picked up on something where you said, uh, yeah, you know, we can have dual screens open and there were there were very, very, very simple steps. And I think those things are really, 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 really important. And I was glad you mentioned them because I think sometimes with our, our staff body, we end up, and I don't mean we as in you and I necessarily, but sometimes we look too much down the line of transformation. And we try and this ed tech dream is about changing every way you work and changing every way you teach and changing every way that the students learn and Ultimately, perhaps that will happen. But for me, and I don't know whether you agree with this, it is about those small steps. It's about that that one little change that can help make that learning experience better for a student or can help make your productivity a little bit better just that one day or help you communicate that bit faster. I, you know, I, my, um, I mentioned earlier on uh, my, my wife's a teacher, Philip, and their school uh, moved this year from, they were a Google school, and they moved this year on their report templates from Excel to Google Sheets. And literally that one tiny change and the amount of hours work that was saved across our department and other departments was incalculable. And it was a tiny change. These tiny changes can really impact teaching and learning. And it's not always about transformation, is it, Phil? Absolutely not. And I mean, just another tiny change that's, that's making a big difference uh, for us is in terms of uh, feedback. Um, mm -hmm. and marking and we've we've really been looking at our feedback and, and marking policy and and the way teachers give feedback is changing now um, mm -hmm. one example that I saw in a lesson earlier this week uh, it, it was a maths lesson there were a group of children that that hadn't got the concept that had been taught in the lesson and the teacher was explaining to me that rather than give written feedback on each individual piece of work what they were going to do was just to film themselves later that day for a couple of minutes reteaching a key concept they were going to get Jamboard up. They were going to teach it live, film it, and then they were just going to pop that on Google Classroom. So those children for their homework that evening or for some early morning work the next morning were just going to re-watch that key bit of, of math teaching that they hadn't fully mastered in that lesson. Yeah. Um, that's going to be far more powerful than, than a written comment. It's going to take the teacher a couple of minutes. And because teachers have been used to this way of working in the pandemic now, used to filming themselves, 
students have become used to consuming learning in that way it's becoming really impactful and um, again it's saving time but it's ultimately going to to result in better learning in the classroom yeah absolutely that that flexibility is so important and one thing from our own perspective we notice i mean sometimes uh you're obviously familiar with read and write and you have it a, <clears throat> you have it as a trust sometimes read and write uh, people look at the toolbar and they go well that's clearly literacy support and that's clearly for pupils with individual needs and so what what sometimes staff expect is is that they put in this piece of technology and they go okay well if we looked at usage those pupils with dyslexia, those people with individual challenges that they need help with, those will be the people's using it. And what we found in working with you guys was, of course, usage was across the board. And why is that? I think it comes back to one of the words that I, I used about your staff earlier. <clears throat> is that empowerment? If you give the tools and the technology to students and pupils, they'll find a way to use that tool to help support them, whether it's that video piece you talked about or whether it's something like Read and Write. And I think that's a very, very exciting world to be in. Um, and as we kind of start to wrap up here, uh, Philip, I know, obviously, as, as an Academy Trust, you've been involved in the EdTech Demonstrator Program. You've been up for numerous awards. Um, you have lots of things to your name as a trust and in the individual schools in your trust. For me, though, what I personally love is just how you as a trust celebrate and promote success and you share good practice. Would it be fair to say that you have an open door policy to share that um, good practice uh, for other trusts and schools around is that, is that a fair enough thing for me to say yeah i think that is patrick and it's very kind of you to say and it's it's lovely of you to have noticed that but but yes that's that is what we're all about we we love sharing our work on twitter we love sharing our work via the different networks such as the edtech demonstrator program across the lgfl network we also work with a group of schools um, through another school improvement network called challenge partners where where we'll often share our our leading practice um, with those schools as well and as as the world is opening up again and schools are opening up again as we finally emerged from the pandemic we've we've just in the last few weeks been hosting a few school visits on a very small scale again to to share that practice we also love going out to visit other schools as well and mm -hmm. and we're in a in <clears throat> i think we're in the position we are now because we were really grateful that that other schools shared their practice with us at different points of our of our journey and really i think that that the part of that sharing is because too often in education schools can sometimes just work in silo and what we want to do is help to get the big answers to those big questions out there and we want to to some support in learning what those answers are too and and, and I think looking forwards um, over the next couple of years it's really how is the whole edtech sector and schools working together how we can can solve some of these big big issues of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Philip, um, we're almost out of time here today, so we're going to have to start uh, to wrap up. Uh, and to do so, I just want to reflect on some of the things that we've spoke about today. We talked about your vision and your aims and the success of, of the trust, uh, how things will expand. But the important few takeaways from me are is the inclusive nature of what you do there, the consistency of how you put technology in place, but also the consistency of how, of how you support staff. Uh, and that, I guess, that word empowerment. Um, I hope you don't steal that word on me. I just, I just thought it fitted very well with a lots of the things that you were saying today, both in terms uh, of of staff and students. So, huge thank you to Philip Hedger, a fabulous guest for today's episode of the Text Hub Talks podcast. Brilliant insight into where technology can fit in the vision of a multi academy trust. 
brilliant insight into the importance of consistency and empowering students with the tools that they need and staff with the support they need to really succeed and deliver on the vision that is academy-wide. This tech, this episode is part of a mini-series we're recording with Leo Academy Trust. So now that you've heard from Philip, the CEO, be sure to check out our episode with Graham and Cheryl to hear about the digital learning team's experience of implementing technology for learning and how it's translated to usage and good practice. And of course, the only way to do that is if you subscribe to the Text Hub Talks podcast on your favorite streaming service or podcast app. Just look for Text Help Talks, hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode. So for now, thank you for joining us. I've been Patrick McGrath, your host today, and we hope to see you on the next episode of Text Hub Talks.